Welcome back to the Super U Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpower. I'm Jake with Eagle Man Studios. Today, Eric sits down with Tracy Gorham. Tracy is a superstar. She's the CEO and founder of ConnectZed. ConnectZed is amazing. It's a student services management platform. It's the first all-in-one success platform for disadvantaged students. So here's what that means in a nutshell. ConnectZed handles onboarding to completion that ensures the successful enrollment to graduation for all students, regardless of ability or location. They make it possible for a student to connect with the right person at the exact time they need help and in the best way that works for them. I'm genuinely so excited for you to hear this episode. Tracy has an incredible story. So here we go. Please enjoy today's episode of the Super U Podcast with Tracy Gorham. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us here today. Super excited because we're going to talk about education and technology, two of my favorite things to discuss. And we've got Tracy Gorham to join us here today. So welcome, Tracy. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, super pumped, super pumped. Now, for the audience, if you don't mind, go over a little bit of your origin story and, and how you founded the company and what the company does. Well, you know, it really stems back to who I am as a person and what my experiences were really early on. I was in foster care. Um, I was emancipated when I was 15, found myself on the streets, and I needed to figure out how to actually do education. A lot of first-generation students, a lot of students that were in foster care, they don't have a support network to understand what they need to do to just enroll or get involved or how it all looks for financial aid. I was lucky enough to walk through the doors of Salt Lake Community College and connect with an academic advisor named Cindy Clark. She was my support network. She saw somebody that needed that help, that you know, service, the, the level of service that I needed was a little bit more than just a regular student. And she dug in, she supported me, I owe a lot to her today for that. Um, we cobbled together my all the credits, uh, got my high school diploma through that. Salt Lake Community College really helped with that. And then she enrolled me and I was successful through that whole degree program. And I checked in with her every semester just to see how she was doing. And she you know, saw how I was doing. So with that, I wanted to make a difference in students' lives and help that student that needs it the most and to help them find their Cindy Clark. So that's why we connected and, and made ConnectSed what it is today. And the human connection is what it brings to every student who really needs that extra support like I did. No, that's huge. And so just to walk it back a little bit. So you're in, in foster care, foster home, foster home. And at 15, is it your own choice or how does that work all of a sudden? Basically, you're on the street at 15 or how does that work? So my parents didn't want to be um, legally responsible for me anymore. And and so they they petitioned to get me emancipated at 15, which was really heart wrenching for me, as you can imagine. Um, So, yeah. And the judge awarded that. 
And after that courtroom hearing, I walked out and I was, I was on the streets immediately. I had no idea. I mean, it was, it was intense, truly intense. So yeah, well, I, it, it's hard to go through that, to be honest, even after all these years, it yeah. really still hurts. It's crazy. And no matter how like successful somebody is, that never goes away. And instead of like pretending it didn't happen, I've, I've learned how to embrace it and to become better as focused of what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, who I want to help and why. And that embracing that pain really has helped me be laser focused and become the success that I am today and the CEO and the founder of three technology companies and, and building a better product for those specific students. No, what a story. You think about it. We talk about things happen in the moment. You're like, what, why is this happening to me? And then we look back, you go, wow, okay, this happened for me because I got to see and help so many more people, which is what you're doing, which is amazing. Um, so it's incredible what you're doing. So at 15, not only are you trying to figure out where do I go, where do I live, but from an education standpoint, were you able to still stay in the same school or what'd you have to do no, to figure I mean, out was, the education piece? I just left everything. Telling my story is kind of a recent thing that I've been doing. Yep. So I, yeah, I had to find just how to live, how to eat, how to like survive really. And I was faced with a lot of things that a 15 year old girl should never face. No, I can imagine in yeah. what happens with today's. So fast forward to today. So you're helping all these people find their Sydney. How does that work? So is it mainly that the, the kid is trying to figure out, Hey, I want to get an education, but I'm getting this roadblock because they're telling me I need to have these papers in order and I don't have them in order. Like what level, when did, when do you get involved with them? What, what ages? So yeah, exactly. That's a really good question. So our technology allows them to go through a process and we call it a process with a purpose. And we lay out that roadmap and the milestones for the students to hit in the exact order that they need to hit them. So if they're an extended opportunity student or a trio student, upward bound, whatever type of program that they want to get into to help, you know, find more funding for books or food or housing, you know, we help them do that. And it's really high school is when they start using our software to connect with transfer advising and, and starting with these programs. Right. So that's that's the one thing that we saw with a fallout before Connect said there, there was like paper, like you, you have to take a piece of paper and go to every single advisor or financial aid officer or a teacher to have something signed off, right? Also, it wasn't really laid out in a roadmap, something that you can see, feel, and touch and ask for more information, have all the documentation for that student to be involved with on a browser-based technology, nothing to download or install, and then do a reach out, an instant communication through a chat or a video meeting that is totally browser-based that can work on any type of device because students that are disadvantaged, they need to make sure that the technology that they have in hand can work with the outreach that they need. And so we really focused on what are their capabilities in technology, understanding of using technology, and how can we make this as user-friendly as possible? And, and so we nailed it. Really, we did. Um, and so students can stay on track. They understand exactly what they need to get through that process because 
trio, yeah, there are definitely more steps involved than just an average student, right? And so when you are disadvantaged, when you don't have a support network, but you're facing more steps, oh my gosh, what are we asking from these students to do is incredible. So making it clear and making that one click connection happen with that specific person in that step that you know helps them through that specific step is incredible. I mean, it just, you know, success rates are huge with those student demographics because of our technology. And it's because I lived it, right? Right. A good entrepreneur yep. solves because they lived it. No, for sure. And we success, when you say success, what is that metric? Is it graduation rates or what does that success you look know, like? Three things that we measure success, and that's enrollment, first getting enrolled, doing it correctly, right? Getting your financial aid, then persistence, right? Course completion and and going to the next level of, you know, second year, third year, fourth year, right? So persistence. And then yes, absolutely graduation rates, because if a student is left with financial aid, whatever, you know, loans that they might take out and they don't get that degree certificate. Oh my gosh. You know, not only are they not earning more because they don't have that degree, but now they're, you know, strapped with a lot of loan debt that will never go away. That really affects our society. It affects their community, their family, themselves, and it's a ripple effect. So we need to solve that right now. And, and that's what we're, we're trying to do. Yeah, for those that have the 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 power or the strength, I say to listen to the news today. That goes back even hundreds of years. If it leads, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, is that the solve for most of the stuff of the world's ills is education? So it's amazing uh, what you're doing. We think about it, that core. It's that education. We can't let people slip through the cracks. It's important for all of us to be educated. And just a reminder to everyone out there, it's C-O-N-N-E-X, Ed, like an education. So connects Ed, so the connection to education. And so anyone that's listening out there that can help someone, that you know someone out there, go ahead and, and help them out. And I'm assuming it's mainly this is has to be student-driven. Like they're all of a sudden without support and they got to find a way. How do, how do they find you? Like what have you found success and how can they actually find connects Ed? So we work directly with the schools and these special offices, right? So we help those schools harness our technology and offer a really awesome interface for the students to get into those milestones, get into that connection point and, and solve to it, right? So it's really, it starts with the school and we contract with our, you know, agreement and software agreement with them. And then mm -hmm. they offer it to the students. But of course we built it for the students. That was who was in mind, right? And it just, it happens to help the staff member too, because all the little things that are, that they have to do are automated. So they can see more students face-to-face. -face, the human connection can never be automated, but the stuff around every single, um, you know, meeting or task is automated through our technology so they can see more students. No, that's wonderful because you look at you're kind of eliminating a lot of that paper paper shuffle, which is everywhere when you think about either healthcare and education. So it's kind of modernizing, digitizing, and automating those pieces. So that's wonderful. Now, kind of jumping back a little bit because obviously you've done three startups, so a lot of our listeners kind of want to know what's that like. So let's kind of go back 
all the way. So Sydney, you get your education and then walk me through kind of your career path to becoming an entrepreneur. So yeah, so when I was in Salt Lake Community College, I had a really good, um, strong network of friends that I built through Salt Lake Community College. I found like-minded individuals. That was a big proponent to the success of me understanding how to harness technology. Um, a good friend of mine, Andrew Huffaker. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Um, he actually was developing in HTML, something super new in the late 90s. And I felt like that was something I could do and learn. And so he helped me begin to sharpen my skills with software development. And then I found myself really loving the front end of software development. And so I became a UI UX developer, um, built you know, 150 different awesome UI UXs for all sorts of different companies, mid-sized companies. And, and when I went back to school at Westminster, that's when the ConnectSed idea came about to connect all of it. So I was in a degree program early on, project base. Um, there was 30 people in our cohort, and it was, you know, something that older, um, you know, people who led teams and companies needed a degree to continue their, their actual, you know, career path, right? So we're smart, tenacious, capable people. But after that first semester, only six people passed, 24 people failed. Hmm. And that is a bad metric. And I failed. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what happened in that first semester? So I talked to everybody. One guy from Delta, Utah said, if I could have just knocked on the door of my coach professor and got the help that I needed, I could have been successful. And then I thought about Cindy Clark and what that looked like and the success rate of what I just experienced with Westminster. And I thought, okay, I'm going to build a knock on door. I have the UI UX chops to do it mm -hmm. and bridge that gap and allow the student to have the power to outreach. And that's where it's all started, but, and then wanted to focus in who do I really want to help? I would really want to help the people, the students that need the most help. And that's the disadvantaged students. So I really went laser focused into that demographic. That's great. And so you nailed the hardest part, which is the why, because a lot of times people just go, I've got this idea, but then at the core, they don't have the why, which the why is you're helping kids because you can identify with them. They're, you live their story and say, so like, let's make this better. Let's do this better, make it better. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs, so you got the why correct. All of a sudden, the next thing is, okay, how do I actually do this? And a lot of it comes down to money. The question becomes, do I raise money? Am I bootstrapping? Do I raise through angels? Do I raise through venture capitalists? And so walk me through kind of, okay, I've got this idea. Let's do it. How does that start? Like the first 12 months, what does that look like? It, it was hard. So I'm going to say something that I don't tell many people, but I wanted to, so I'm front end. I needed to find a back end developer really to start the beta of our product. So I, and then sorry, real quick for the audience. So front ends, what you can see. So if you go to an Amazon, that's what you can see. It's the text, it's the colors, it's the images, it's the design on the back end. That's I place the order on Amazon. Okay. Now it has to be fulfilled. So on the back end, the stuff you don't see 
all these things happen to get that product to your door. So there's the front end developer and there's the back end developer. All right. Thank you. Thank Sorry you, about Eric. That. That, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. So I, I needed to find a back end developer. And in 2010, I thought, okay, where is all the, you know, CS students from University of Utah? Oh, they're on OkCupid. So I put a profile on OkCupid to find a CS. OkCupid, the dating site, right? The dating site. Okay. Yes. Is that crazy or what? So. <laughs> I filter all of the computer science students and I started to like get burritos with people or whatever. And I, I see somebody that I met earlier, like seven months before, and he is the most brilliant software developer. And so I started dating him, but I didn't bring up, you know, ConnectSed. I didn't talk about it. And he's like, okay, first of all, what is ConnectSed? And why do you still have your OkCupid profile up there? And I'm like, okay, fine, cat's out of the bag. I'm building the software. The reason why I'm on OkCupid is to find my backend developer, CTO. And I'm like, what do you think? Do you want to do that? And he's like, I love what you're doing. He's he was one of the first people in um, in e college, and so all of a sudden we started still dating, developing this technology. The day that we got married, we closed a deal in BYU, Hawaii that morning, got married that night. And so, and we've been now two kids later and, you know, uh, 10 years later, we're, we're, we're still going at it. So that's how you do it. You just date your CTO. No, <laughs> no, that's crazy. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, it is either who they're dating, uh, their current spouse. I work yeah. directly with my wife, uh, which is an unusual any advice, because learn process, any advice for those listening out there that actually work uh, with their significant other or with their partner? You know, it really, it needs to be a balance. And, you know, they say, don't talk about work when you get home. Well, sometimes, you know, that you don't have to be so hard-lined. Give yourself some space, be honest with your partner um, when you need to have some, you know, space with the technology or the company, right? What we do is we do a rating system. I say, okay, this is a 10 for me. Is it a two for you? Okay, now we have to solve it. And maybe we solve it my way because it's so important to me. So we do a rating system that way. But, you know, I just, I'm blessed with the, the a partner who really cares about both the company, technology, what we're trying to solve and, and me, which is really important. But, you know, getting back to the VC stuff, I can talk, I have a few stories there too, which are, Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. Let's get in the VC, the the funding, the money raising. In terms of some of the, I love what you said about you. Kind of go, hey, is this a two for me? It's a we got to solve for this. Like this isn't working. So let's sit down and talk for about it. I know some of my learnings and other guests we've had that work with their partner is a couple say, okay, we don't talk about this in certain parts of the house. So literally. If we have to talk about work, we have to move to another part of the house. Like that's pretty good advice. Um, other advice that works for me is: Are you open for feedback right now? And so they're sometimes they're not, and that's for work and also in your your relationship. Like, are you open for feedback right now? Nope, I'm not. Okay, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about the feedback later. Uh, same same on my side. Obviously, it's a two way street, but those those are super helpful ways to kind of engage. Uh, with your significant other. Um, so that that's really helpful. So let's switch gears. Uh, Eric, I'm using that advice. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for that advice. That's excellent. No, it's from other people. That's what we're doing on the show. We're trying to get advice from everyone to say, okay, this is really good advice. 
from some of the top thought leaders like you around the world. So let's share it across the globe. So that's great. So sharing information, a lot of us want to know, okay, I've got this idea. I'm going to do it. Now the, the money part of it, like you can bootstrap, you got enough money, you guys do it yourself or, okay, I'm going to get an angel investing venture capital. So any advice around the fundraising part of this to be helpful you know, and what it, you did, like walk us through the stories. Yeah. It was really hard to have conversations with some VCs and angel investors. You know, I, I don't feel like they were very invested in the why, because I'm talking about disadvantaged students and, you know, a lot of VCs come from different family lives. Let's just put it that way. They don't understand disadvantaged students, most of them. Um, so it, it wasn't really connecting. For me, what I connected with was our customer. And I decided, me personally, um, that going to the customer, talking about the why, they connected, they were excited, and they gave me money for it. I did not do a freemium model. Everybody in 2010 was like doing freemium models or whatever, right? I decided I want the customer to give me the money to show that they are totally interested, invested, and they value it and they're going to use it, right? Mm -hmm. And that way, it helped us support ourselves financially, right? So, so the same energy, the same, I mean, literally the same energy moving towards the customer focus and not the VC focus was a win for me personally. And the customers today still are more invested. They, they love what we're doing and they give us the feedback to help us pivot quicker and, and build a better product. Right? So I have not raised any money. Um, I've talked to a lot of VCs, but again, all of the energy that I put into it, I'm like, you know, I could have put this energy into something else. And it reminds me that the customers who I want to be talking to and being funded by them. So I, I was just fortunate to have the chops to actually develop the software. Not everybody does. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's amazing. So that, but you're profitable from day one then? Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. We, I mean, beta was yeah. paid for. We yep. charged for our beta. But one other thing that I did is I sat down and did not move from my chair, my desk and called 200 deans and directors. I did, you know, sales development, you know, cold calling. And that's how I got my first 10 customers. So you really need to just grind it out. And the feedback, again, was so much more inspiring from my customer than any VC ever, you know, gave me that. And that kind of fuels that entrepreneur spirit, right? You know, having your customer excited about it and use it and give feedback, man, that gives you so much strength. You know, you yeah. don't get that from a VC really, in my opinion. No, I love it. It's a good advice for everyone out listening is that, hey, you started beta. So you go, let me go see. People will say, yeah, I like the idea, but it's like, write the check. Because a lot of entrepreneurs go, I've talked to everyone, they like the idea. And then they go, yeah, I love that idea. And they go, oh, you want to write a check? Oh, I don't love it that much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's good with beta. You could actually, okay, there's interest enough that they're willing to pay for the beta to allow us to kind of then, and then they're in with you, right? They're Absolutely. part of the story. They've got the story. I love that. That they go, okay, we're going to help you because we think it's the right thing to do. We'll work through this together and, and then crank it through. So that's awesome. That's really yeah. good. And when you do do a beta, what I did is I put together like what we want to accomplish, how we're going to measure success, 
what did I expect from them, right? I needed certain feedback, certain metrics, certain data, so I can map it back and get to the next beta and ask the customer, another customer like, well, this is what we found here with customer A and here's all the data. Then that got the other person interested and excited and then it's just a domino effect. So you've got a level set with your customer of what is expected in that beta from them too. And map it out, right? Have really good documentation and, and make sure that they're they're with you on that. Yeah, it's a sign of strength when you say, here's what it doesn't do. Right. Like, it's like it does that. Oh yeah, it does that, it does everything. It's like, no, that's if you, ours doesn't do that. I don't speak on this topic. So if you want someone that speaks on that topic or someone that's better than I am at speaking on that, I can give you a list. True. And that's like a sign of strength and it actually increases your customers usually, as you just said. So that's that's fantastic. Now, going back and then we'll kind of wrap things up here with kind of like a lightning round, just quick advice from yourself. But I mean, we're here trying to unlock the superpower in everybody. And when I heard your story, I just said, this has to be told. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and I know it's tough to talk about, but when you're 15 and all of a sudden you're basically, okay, here's, I'm in the world now. I'm, yeah. I, I'm in the world what allowed you to get where you are today like yeah. it would have been easy for a lot of people that would have been just it would have gone a different path and you said yeah. nope here's what i'm going to do what was it like what can you tell the audience that, that they might know someone out there someone listening might be in the same situation how did you get where you are today from that point well i had to i determined to be my own champion right? I told myself that I'm worth it. And I had to tell that to myself every single day, multiple times a day, I am worth it. I am worth it. And you have to really believe in yourself, but I could have gone down other paths, like you mentioned, right? There was, you know, a lot of a, not so good things, right? Happening. I didn't ever compromise myself. And I tried to stay true to who I really am and not compromise myself, told myself I was worth it and just ask people for help. Really? I mean, be genuine, be open, ask for help and people will give you the help that you need if you're genuine. And, and if you show that, that you're willing to work for that help too. And yeah, so that's, you know, just really simple. Just believe in yourself. No, I love it. And when we talk in our heads, we all do it. Every day it'll come in, there'll be some negative piece in there. That's okay. You got to hear that and go like, okay, that's just going to flow through. That's not me. And go back to what you said is I'm worth it. And not what social media says about you. It all starts within, right? And then exactly what you said is success doesn't happen alone. There's going to be those Sydney's out there that help you. So be willing to ask for help. That's also a sign of strength. These top thought leaders we have on the podcast always say i'm always hiring people that are smarter than i am i'm always asking for help i'm always asking questions it's actually a sign of strength to ask those questions and that's what relationships are all built on are those questions and allowing people to help you when you allow people to help you it actually helps that person too you don't realize that but think about the last time someone asked you for help it makes you feel good sometimes you have to say no but when you say yes and can help that person they're actually doing you a favor as well because it, it's going to be the highlight of your day when you write down, what was the best part of my day? Oh, it's helping that young girl 
on her path to success. Um, so that's just incredible advice. As we wrap things up, I always like to glean and kind of ring out a little more advice. And so what's the best advice you've ever been given? Every time that somebody like talks about, I mean, like your advice with talking in a different room when we discuss something, I mean, those little tidbits, I think it's just good advice just trickles in and you kind of just want to latch onto it and just kind of absorb it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think it's really hard to distinguish what is the best advice because I think advice really does hit on specific times of your life, right. And different reasons why that advice is really good. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint one piece of advice. I mean, yeah, really. no, for sure. And it's funny because now you jogged my memory. Another piece of advice when working with your partner or significant other, this was told to me by someone else, uh, is that those issues that you have outside of work are basically you're going to throw some gasoline on that inside of work. So it's the same issue outside of work. So an example would be if one person's always on time and one person's late, that's only going to be exacerbated within the office or within work. And so you kind of need to solve for one to solve for the other or work within it. It might not be solvable. It's just like getting to a working agreement. And so you have to do it both on the personal life. They're the same issues. Uh, they cross over the walls. So that's some good advice that was given out there as well. Is there any podcast, any book, any medium, any kind of medium that you think that people should listen to or read? Uh, anything out there that you go, this has been helpful for me. You should check it out, show, whatever it might be. Well, you know, what I like to do is I read um, academic um, papers and also books about solving really high, important um, issues with education, just because that's what I tap into. So I've been following like the California Community Colleges, the foundation. They have a lot of good scholars, a lot of good academics putting out you know, a wonderful books about how do we solve it, education? Why is it being disrupted? And what does it look like in the future? So really just following them and, you know, uh, TRIO services, Upward Bounds, the Department of Education. That's just in my world right now. Okay. And that's what I tried to solve too. So yeah. And the first one is the California Community College Foundation. They put out they do. Papers. They, okay. Yeah, they do. They put out a lot of great academic papers, a lot of good books that they support. So the Foundation for California Community Colleges is one of our largest um, partner uh, customers. And yeah, they, they're just on the forefront. I think we see a lot of other states following what they do mm -hmm. in, in trying to solve, you know, students with disconnection and, you know, students that need the support the most. And you know, how to future forward the learning paths, right? And so, yeah, I love their academic papers. I love what they support. And, and that's what I read. Great. And then here, 60 second, this is kind of lightning around. So this will be a 60 second answer. It's a tough one. But uh, as Mark Twain once said, I didn't have time to write you a, a, a short note. So I wrote you a long one. It's kind of tough to get this tight because it's a really difficult question. You just mentioned it, future of education. Some say hybrid, some say Back, all back in the classroom because we're suffering if we're not back in the classroom. The st statistics are showing it. Others are saying, no, we'll go fully virtual. What's the future of education? And what's the number one thing we need to solve? It's blended. It's options. 
because anything can change at any moment, really. If I need to come to campus, I should have that option. Mm -hmm. If I need to just hold back, stay at home and do things virtually, I should have that option. I should be able to decide that morning if I'm Mm going to come to campus or, you know, do it virtually. So having options and being able to really just maneuver around that student life cycle, also around the staff too. It's not all, all about students. The staff member needs the option and the flexibility as if they're if they should come virtually or if they should come on campus too. They're disruptive as much as the students' life cycle is disrupted too. We need to come together and make it so flexible. And there it feels like let's blur the lines, right? Let's find technology that blurs the lines and de- does it elegantly. No, I love it. I love it. The future of education is now. We've hyper accelerated into it. Everyone learns differently. So give them the tools on how they learn best. Some are all in classroom, some are hybrid, some are, no, nope, I work best remote. So it's just figuring out what works best for you, the individual students. That's why I love where we're moving with education. Again, this is one of the experts on it in the field. It's Tracy Gorham, CEO of ConnectsEd. Thank you so much, Tracy, for joining us here today on the Super U Podcast. Love your story. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Um, you know, I love LinkedIn. They can go on LinkedIn, uh, follow me. I do a lot of posts there. I also support a lot of educators and and repost their stuff. So LinkedIn is a really good place for me. Fantastic. LinkedIn, Tracy Gorman, LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. So thanks again for listening to today's Super U podcast. Again, it's a podcast designed to unlock and unleash your inner superpower. And if you want to pay it forward, make sure you go post a review for the Super U podcast because what that will do, it'll allow others that aren't familiar with our podcast to discover it. And hopefully that allows them to unlock and unleash their inner superpower. So that's it for today's show. I'm your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. Ah.